This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Wow, that's awesome. Um, for those that uh, maybe haven't noticed this morning, one of our interns, unfortunately, cannot be here today, Tracy. She had a, uh, a death in the family just in the last two days. And uh, she unfortunately, uh, well, obviously it's good that she's there, but she's missing this morning. So we're recording everything thanks to Stuart, and so she'll be able to see this later on. But I wanted, just before I share uh, some thoughts, I wanted to share with you um, just an example of Tracy's life um, while we were away down in Atlanta. I don't know about you guys, but I love when Jesus uses difficult situations and gets us ready for it, even though we don't anticipate it. Um, when we were on our flight back from Atlanta, there was a medical emergency on our plane. And literally, the gentleman who was having the medical emergency was having it right in front of Joel and I. We were right on the end of the back of the plane. And what was awesome was the interns went into full-blown Jesus mode. Joel takes off down the, the end of the plane to get the stewardess to come back and assist. All the interns, without hesitation, start praying. And we got this gentleman back to his seat, and then we turn around, and who, for those that don't know Tracy, she's actually a nurse by training. Tracy gets up, and for the next, I don't know, what, 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes, she's helping these, this gentleman, praying for this gentleman. And when I meant praying, she went full beast mode. On Delta Flight 1803, <laughs> she was praying over her so over this gentleman so intently. It was beautiful. Ended up sharing the story of Jesus with the husband and her, and her his wife, and we ended up seeing this gentleman on the way out through the tarmac and just said, "Hey, praying for you, you know, praying for a safe trip home." And uh, I looked at that and I went, "Man, that was awesome." One of the things that we want to do and what we have always desired to do through this program is to stimulate growth, yes, is to stimulate confidence, yes, but is to remind every single intern that they are on mission. And they're not on mission because they're an intern. And if you're out there and you think, well, they're on mission because they're an intern and I'm not an intern, therefore I'm not on mission, you're absolutely mistaken. The moment you get up in the morning, you're on mission. All day. You say, well, I'm not in full-time ministry. It doesn't matter. You don't need to be in full-time ministry, paid on staff at a job with a church or on a missions uh, agency across the world. You are on mission the moment you wake up in the morning until the time you go to bed. And then what Jesus is, interestingly enough, sometimes he gives you dreams in the middle of your sleep because you're still on mission. But what I want to share this morning um, is specifically directed to the five of them. So video with Tracy and the four of them that are here. Um, but this is a message that I believe is for everyone. I'm not going to take too long, but I want to I stimulate your hearts this morning to believe for the more of God. I want to stimulate your hearts this morning from not just being somebody who has a dream or is a dreamer, but is a finisher of those dreams. I don't know about you, I think all of us this morning have dreams. All of us are people that, to some degree in our lives and at different points in our lives, dream about the things of God intently. 
But some of us are stuck in this process between the dreams that God has given us and the finishing of those dreams. And what do we do in between? Um, interestingly enough, when we finished our last exam on Thursday, they all, all the interns handed in their exam. And Joel, of course, being Joel, hands in his exam, and the first thing out of his mouth is, Tetelestai. <laughs> it is finished. <laughs> and little did he know that I was going to be talking this morning about finishing the dream of God for your life. And not just finishing it, but finishing it well. I believe as a church, we're in the season where God is beginning and continuing to dream the dreams of God over this house. And if you are a part of this house, this church family, then the dream of God has an incredible ability in this season to take hold of your heart and your life and to compel you to do things that are beyond what you could naturally do. I pray this morning that the dreams of God would not only capture your heart, but that it would change your life and that it would compel you to be on mission every single day of your life. You guys are on mission now. Sometimes that mission is a job that you're working at in the world and you have the mission field right in front of you. Sometimes that mission field is your neighbor. Sometimes it's the people at Walmart. Just take Abby with you because she gets everyone saved at, at Walmart. It's incredible. It's awesome. God's dream for your life is incredibly prevalent in this season. I believe that it's the season where God's dream wants to capture the dreamer, but that dreamer becomes a finisher. And if that's your heart's desire this morning, say amen. Amen. One of the things that I struggle with is I constantly dream, and that's a good thing in some ways, and it's a bad thing in other ways, because I can drive myself a little bit batty and crazy with all these concepts and ideas that I'm thinking through. But the one thing I want to encourage you guys with is never, ever stop dreaming. Never, ever stop pushing. Never, ever stop believing for the, the more of God and the next of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 10. It's an incredible verse stuck in the middle of this big passage. And I'm, I'm going to kind of draw it out and just kind of land on two verses here. But it says this, and in this I give advice. It is to your advantage not only to be doing what you began and were desiring to do a year ago, almost a year ago, You handed in all your papers, you handed in all your application, you put in the first installment financially, now you're committed. Now you're in. But what I want you to understand here is the advantage that you have gained is what you've committed to. And the reason you've grown is not because just there's some supernatural element at play in your lives, although that is true, but because you made a commitment to the very dream that you felt God was placing in your heart. For this season, it was the internship. But for the next season, it's something different. So I want you guys to keep dreaming. It goes on in verse 11, and it says, But now you also must complete the doing of it. Don't just be satisfied with the dream. Amen? That as there was a readiness to desire it, so there also may be a completion out of what you have. Why? Because God longs to fulfill the dream that he's placed in your heart. Don't take the dream of God that he is placing in your heart lightly. See, why would God dream about my life? Oh, he loves you. 
Why does he do that? Because he chooses to partner with humanity to extend his mission on the earth. He could have done it himself. Trust me, he's more than capable. He could have done it himself. But he chooses to partner with humanity to extend and to fulfill the mission of God on the earth. How many of if you ever have children, I have five of them, and there's moments in, in your parenting journey where you are choosing to partner with your children in this particular endeavor, even though you know it's not going to quite look like it would look like if you alone did it. It's a little different. But some of the greatest moments of our family's existence is when our whole family has been involved in the process. Jesus has the same heart for you. He doesn't want to do it solo. He's not interested in being Han Solo. He wants to do it with you. Community is his concept and his idea. God has a dream for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, a verse we've heard a bazillion times, but I think it's appropriate for this morning. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Plans to prosper you and to not harm you. God is doing something in each of us right now in this season. He wants us to see and perceive the dream of God for your life. Sometimes he just starts with one little puzzle piece at a time. Maybe he adds a couple puzzle pieces per year. Sometimes he adds a bunch of puzzle pieces every year. But the whole purpose of God is that you would get a hold of this concept that God has a dream for you. But it's not good enough just to have the dream. And it's not even good enough just to interpret the dream or to understand the dream or sing songs about the dream or pray about the dream or prophesy about the dream. What he wants us to do is to put feet to that dream. He wants us to put hands to that dream. He wants us to move towards that dream. So what are dreamers like? People who see God's dreams for their life, I think, is captured in three basic thoughts. And I'm going to reveal it in Romans chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. This is literally Paul talking about the plan and purpose or the dream of God for Abraham's life. That one day God came to Abram and said, you're going to be the father of many nations. The problem is he didn't have any children. Second problem, he was really old. Third problem, his wife was equally as old. You put those three things together, it's not a good plan. Okay? But God is bigger. That's what we sang about this morning. God is bigger. It says, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Why is he the father of us all? Because he's the father of faith. He is the tangible evidence and expression of what it, what it looks like to live in faith with Jesus. It says in verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So key one, for those that want to live out the dreams of God for their life, key one, dreamers see the future as if it's already here. Here's the struggle that I have as a pastor. I already see things. But because I already see things, I've got to learn how to pace myself, right? That's part of the problem with dreamers. But I want to encourage you, never stop dreaming. Dreamers believe that 
it's, it's as if it's already here. It goes on in verse 18 and 19. It says, who contrary to hope, and hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. In other words, he understood that he physically could not procreate. He definitely understood that his wife could not procreate. So he just decided, oh, we're just going to believe the dream of God. What do we got to lose? Is it going to change my life for the worse if I believe it? No. Is it going to change my life for the worse if I don't believe it? Maybe. Goes to not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, which was since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He just made it abundantly clear. This is impossible. But what's the second key here? Second key is this. Dreamers are not content to live within the natural realm. They're not hindered by it. They're not content to live by it. They believe in God that is the supernatural God that can do supernatural things in a supernatural way through people who believe in the supernatural. And if you believe in the supernatural, I want to hear you shout. Okay. 23 of you. I counted. I did the math just with my ears. And if you believe in the supernatural, that God can do supernatural things, I want to hear you. Okay. Verse 20 to 21, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, the dream that he had given, he was also able to perform. Notice it doesn't say you could. It doesn't say that you have the ability to make the dream happen. It says God can make it happen. Third thought is this. Dreamers love to live in the realm of what others call impossible. Can I just free your mind for a second? And I free your mind for you guys as well. I guarantee you the enemy will make sure that people will come into your life to remind you of all the things that you cannot do. There, there's all types. They come in all different shapes and sizes. And they love to remind people that have a dream that God is in the business of not fulfilling them anymore. And what you've got to believe beyond anything else is that God's word is true. God would never place a dream in your heart if he's using it as a carrot just to tease you. It is not the father heart of God. God places a dream in your life. Number one, to reach out to him and partner with him because he knows that without him it's impossible. But with him, it is possible. So just keep focused and keep going. Amen? I love how Paul in 2 Timothy talks about this whole concept of dreamers and what we need to do to be a dreamer and to be a finisher of those dreams. It says, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I love the voice version of this, of this uh, passage. It says this, I have fought the good fight. I have stayed on course. And finished the race. And through it all, I've kept believing. You know what I realized when I was 14 and I was running the 1,500 meters? That the moment you get off course, you're disqualified. How do I know? Because that was me. In front of 4,000 people in the grandstands. And I was the kid walking off the back of the track, embarrassed because I didn't run. I actually stepped two feet outside of the truck into the inside grass area thinking I was okay to get back on to go around somebody because they were in my way. And there was too many people to the right. It's the most logical solution in the moment. 
You just run on the grass, pass them, and get back on the track. And then the gentleman comes over and says, you're disqualified. I went, what? It's not my fault they're in my way. But I got disqualified. So I want to encourage you with something. Stay on course. Stay on course. Don't get off the track. Finish your race well. I want to end with seven really quick thoughts. Seven really quick thoughts that are actually hidden in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. And I want you to just hear this. I want you guys to be encouraged by these seven thoughts. Joshua 1, 9 says, This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Thought number one, be strong. Take hold of the dream. Isaiah 41 says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Number two, thought number two, be of good courage. Regain strength by taking action. When you don't feel very courageous, first thing you'll do is nothing. And in the midst of the fear, be courageous and do it anyway. I love Psalm 27. It says, here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for He will never disappoint you. That's the word of the Lord for all of us this morning. To be of good courage. Strengthen your position against the enemy. Amen? Exert your strength to perform some type of action in alignment with the mission of God for your life. Empower and encourage one another. Number three, do it. According to Nike. The law of God according to Nike. Just do it. But stay in the faith zone. Don't live in the safe zone. Can I, can I just tell you from my own personal experience? From my own personal experience. Safe zones rob us continuously of God's greatest moment to shine through you. That doesn't mean be unwise. But it means that if the dream of God's on your life, don't hold back. Go for it. Amen? Four, fear not. Reject intimidation and doubt. This was a verse that I actually had plastered to my bedside table right beside my, uh, my uh, pillow when I was younger, much younger when I was a teenager and in my early 20s, and it said this in Psalm 118. It said, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? And this were the days before the Avengers. So you can guess which Avenger I am. Okay, all right, moving on. Number five, do not be discouraged. Resist the attitudes that beat you down. If you believe that, say amen. Number six, the Lord is with you. Remember who your partner is on the journey. You have God at the center of the journey. You're going to get wherever you need to get to because God is at the center of your journey. Remember that your personal God is with you. Amen? And last thought, God will not fail you. Rely on the God of your dreams. Why? Because He can't abandon you and He won't give up on you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. It's impossible for Him to do that. Understand this morning... That God has chosen you for this dream. He's chosen you for this dream. He has supernaturally gifted you for this dream. He is not going to give something to you and not provide the means necessary to live it out. But here's the next thought that you have to think about. God allows trials 
to test the dream in our heart. God provides for you in this journey. He gives you direction in the journey. He follows through with direction on your journey. That's what He wants to do. But here's what I love about God. And here's probably the most significant thing that we have taken away from this past nine months with you guys. Get this. God always gives dreams to individuals with the caveat that it happens best in community. And that your dreams are equally as important to the person sitting next to you. I want to read the message version of this verse that we started with at the very beginning. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 10 to 12. And it says this, so here's what I think. The best thing you can do right now is to finish what you started last year. But not let those good intentions grow stale. Your heart's been in the right place all along. You've got what it takes to finish it up, so go to it. Once the commitment is clear, you do what you can, not what you can't. The heart regulates the hands. I love that phrase. It's awesome. This isn't so others can take it easy while you sweat it out, like some of us are doing here this morning without air conditioning, just saying. No, you're shoulder to shoulder with them all the way. Your surplus matching their deficit, and their surplus matching your deficit. And in the end, you come out even. Even on what? Even and aligned to the dream and purpose of God for your life. That's God's heart. You have to understand that one of the greatest blessings of this internship program is not that it was an individual pursuit by each person. It's that it was an individual pursuit with God, but in the context of a community of cheerleaders and supporters and prayer warriors and and all of these different moments that happened in the last nine months that had everything to do with community more than it had to do with an individual. So when we see, see last year's internship group and this year's internship group, we keep seeing it as a team. It's not Austin over here and Jeff over there. It's not Carla over here and Lindsay over there. It's a team. It's a family. It's a mini family within the family. So I want to encourage you guys. Always think of the dream of God on your life. Yes, take responsibility for it individually. But always know it happens best in community. That's how God's wired it. Allow the puzzle pieces of your dream to start fitting into the other puzzle pieces of other people's dreams. And what you'll find is that when we start to fish, we're no longer fishing with a rod, but we're fishing with a net. And you can get a lot more with a net than you can with a rod. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.